right, grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles, remain standing, remain standing, turn to the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew, we're going to skip ahead a few chapters uh, just for today, and we'll, we'll go back, uh, but let's turn to Matthew chapter number 9 this morning, and, uh, and we're going to, we're going to try to, to get a word from the Lord today. How many of y'all believe that God wants to tell you something today? God has got a message for you, and, th- and we just got to listen. And, and here's the thing, a lot of times we'll be sitting in the, in the service and we'll be thinking, boy, so-and-so sure needs to hear that, right? It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Now listen, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do while everybody finds their place, while everybody finds their place. All right, say this with me. Lord, Lord. I need to hear you. Speak to me today. today. Lord, Lord, I need to hear you. you. Speak to me today. today. All right, all right. How many of y'all believe God will answer prayer? All right, look in verse number 35. Verse number 35. And and we'll we'll just read about three verses, four verses, and, and have a seat. It says, And Jesus went about the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. He was ministering. He was serving. But, but, when he what? When he saw, when he saw. If you have a, if you have a Bible you're allowed to write in, underline when he saw. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Because they fainted, And were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he. If you have a Bible you can write in. Underline those three words. Then saith he. He's fixing to drop some knowledge. He's fixing to tell you something you need to understand. And really pay attention to. Then saith he unto his disciples. The harvest truly is what? But the laborers are... All right, verse 38. Pray ye therefore, underline those three words. Underline those three words. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your your word. I thank you for a group of people here today that's hungry. Lord, they're here to hear from you. And I pray that you'll speak personally to all of us. I pray that your perfect will be done. I pray that you'll move in an awesome way. God, I pray that you'll help us to become disciples because every believer is a disciple. Every disciple is a disciple maker. Every disciple is a potential church. And every church is a training center. Lord, I pray that we'll get that in our heads and understand that we are to be following you. And God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. For weeks now we've been discussing following Jesus. Every believer is a disciple. Every disciple is a follower 
of Jesus. He calls his early disciples. He says, come and follow me, right? Isn't that what he said? He called them. He said, come and. Come on, everybody. Come and. Now, when you follow him, he said, I will make you this uh, fisherman of men, right? Fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men. If you follow him, if you are a true disciple, I will make you fishers of men. So that tells us a lot. That tells us a lot. A disciple is a student. A disciple is a learner. A disciple is one who falls under another as a mentor and does what he does. Whoever is discipling, whoever your disciple is or you are a disciple of, which would be the Lord Jesus Christ, that meant what Jesus said, you come do what I do. Is everybody with me on that? Follow me. Come do what I do. Come live like I live. Come, come act like I act. Come think like I think. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Follow me. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now, as we've skipped ahead, as we've skipped ahead to this particular thing, we see what Jesus is doing. He's ministering to the broken. He's ministering to the sick. He's preaching in the synagogues. He is, he is giving the gospel of the kingdom, which is another subject, but the point is he's ministering. And he sees something. He sees something. He sees the multitudes. He sees the crowds. And and it moves him to the point of compassion and and wanting to act on their behalf. Now, here's where I want to go with this. We've been talking about this. We've been talking about sharing our story. We've been talking about the Great Commission. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. That means make disciples. He said, preach the gospel to every creature. Go tell, he told the demoniac, go tell what good things God has done to you. Go to your home, to your family, to your friends. Uh, Listen, the woman at the well, she went and told the, the, the village everything this man had told her. And we are to share our story. I, I, I was, I was uh, and by the way, by the way, who had a chance to share your story this week? Anybody? Well, oh, yeah, I'm, that's, that's great. Raise your hand real high. Raise your hand real high. I told you I was going to ask you. All right. There we go. Hey, the rest of you, tighten up. We got a world that needs to hear your story. We got a world that needs to hear your story. Church, say amen. amen. I met with eight pastors this week. Eight pastors this week. Man, that's enough Baptist preachers to have a fight anywhere. Say amen. <laughs> and man, these were really good dudes. I'm telling you, we, we, we cried together. We prayed together. We were trying to encourage one another. And we were talking about the, the, the concern for our county and, 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 and the needs there. And, and, and one preacher said something very significant. One of my buddies said something that, that, that really, really struck a chord. Uh, he said, I'm afraid... I'm afraid that we have substituted sharing our faith or spreading the gospel with an invite to church. And I'm like, ooh. Now, now don't get me wrong. I want you to keep inviting. If you don't do anything, at least invite somebody. Right? But do you realize that's not what the Great Commission is? The Great Commission is not go invite somebody to church. It's go and share the gospel. Go tell the good news. Now, this is why. I think this is why we did it. Because inviting somebody to church is easier than sharing your faith. And so we keep watering this thing down and watering this thing down. And we take the suffering out of the Christian life. And we take uh, the sacrifice out of the Christian life. I don't know if you understand this or not. But being a follower of Christ is a serious deal. 
is, is not, does not the Bible say as a, as a follower of Christ, we are to offer ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I mean, selling out to God and committing totally to him. It's not above and beyond the call of duty. God says it's just a reasonable thing to do. But we want to take that out because we are spoiled in America. We don't want to suffer. We don't want to sacrifice. It's all about convenience. And so let's try to make it as easy as possible so that we might do something. And we've taken completely away the responsibility of sharing the gospel. That's right. Preach, preacher, preach right there. Preach. I done told y'all I bring my amen in my pocket. If you don't use yours, I'll use mine. You know why we're not amen in that? Because you know I'm telling the truth. Now listen, I, I want you to see something. I want you to see something. I, and I trust me, I, I, I'm, I, this is bothering me. I'm telling you, this is bothering me. God has really been burdening me with this, and, I, and I'm praying he's burdening you. Hell's real. Hell is real. Hell. The lake of fire. It, it, the, Bible, the Bible teaches us it's for eternity. It's forever. Where the worm dies not and the fire is not quenched. Are y'all with me? It, it is a place of eternal damnation, eternal separation from God, eternal punishment, and people are really going to go there. We're going to have friends to go there. We're going to have family to go there. We're going to have acquaintances go there. We're going to have people we're around to go there if we don't share our faith. Listen, I was reading this. I was reading this particular portion of Scripture. Jesus is serving. He's, He's going after it. He's wide open. And then he looks. And he sees the multitudes. Now, here's what I want you to write down. If you're taking notes, write this down. Write this down. Now, I'm going to be pretty blunt today, okay? And I need y'all to be real honest, okay? Okay? This means yes. This means no, all right? At least lie to me, okay? Jesus saw the multitudes. He saw the multitudes. And the Bible says he was moved with compassion. He saw them as... As they fainted. One word that's used and translated in your Bible with the same same word is destroyed. And he says he saw them fainted and scattered as sheep having no shepherd. Having no shepherd means there's no direction. There's no guidance. There's there's no protection. There's no protector. That's how he saw the multitudes. That's how he saw the crowds. Now, here's, here's what I want you to do. Write this down. Write this down in your notes. I'm going to ask you three questions today. Each, each point is a question. Each point is a question, okay? Verse 36 says, but when he saw, saw say it with me, but when he saw. saw, I want you to write this question and ask yourself this. Do you see? Do you see? Now, before we get into the main body of the message, I want, I want us to just, just try to be as honest as possible right now. How many of you know we get real busy? 
We have our own lives. We have our own schedules. We have our own issues. We have our own problems. We have our own children. We have our own bills. We have our own spouses. I mean, we're trying to make everybody happy, try to do everything and, and keep up, keep our head above water. Do you realize sometimes that we can go right through life and not see a thing? Not see a person, not see, uh, listen, not see anything but our own issues. Now, what, what's, what's bad about that? You say, well, preacher, I, what, who else is going to do it if I don't do it? Here's the problem with that. If we only focus on ourselves, we'll never see others. And if we only focus on ourselves and never see others, we're not going to be about God's business. And if we're not about God's business, he won't be about our business. And I don't know about you, but I need to be writing checks from his account for my bills. I need his help for my issues. I need his strength for my problems. Are y'all with me? And if we'll be about his business, he'll be about our business. If we will do his will, he'll take care of our needs. Are y'all with me? That's not even in the notes. And I'm not even going to charge you for that part right there. I'm just telling you this. Sometimes we get carried away and we get overwhelmed because we're trying to do everything and we're not letting God do it for us. Are y'all with me? Now, here's what I want you. Here's the question. Here's the question. I'm, I'm asking you a question, right? Right. Do you come on, everybody? Do you do you see now? I've got three things here. <laughs> now, now, remember, we're going to be honest, right? Listen, this is one of them times. This is one of them times. I need you to take your halo off top of your head and put it in your pocket because nobody believes it anyway. Say amen. I need you to be real honest because I'm going to be. I'm going to be. I try to be every time, but I'm going to be real honest right here. Watch this. When you see them, when you see the crowd, when you see the multitudes, when you see the people in the streets, in the market, in the schools, y'all know what I'm talking about. When you see the people, all right, first, A, do you see opportunities or you see obstacles? Now, let's be honest. Do you see opportunities or you see obstacles? Do you see another pain? Do you see, all right, come on, come on. I'm, let me just give you all three and we'll talk about it. How about that? Do you see opportunities or obstacles? Do you see people or problems? Do you see people or problems? Preacher, I just see problem people. Hey, man, no. <laughs> We're all that, right? We all that. Now watch this. This is, this is going to draw it all together. When you see them crowds, when you see them people that's not like you, when you see those people that are different, that don't live a lifestyle that you live or want to live, do you see their nature? In other words, the way they behave, they act, their nature, or do you see their need? Do you see their nature or do you see their need? Now, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Sometimes when we see people, we're not really seeing them like Jesus saw them. Let's be honest. Come on. I tell you what, you see the way they're behaving. Good, gracious, and mighty. I, I, I remember, I remember, I don't know. Alan, you remember when we was at Logan's that one night and, and we was in that corner and there's some people at the bar 
and they was getting loud and rowdy and all that. They were doing what lost people do. They were doing what comes natural, their nature, what lost people do. Now, not, not all lost people, but listen, they just, let's just think, when you're, when you're lost and you, you get a few in you, you're going to act ignorant. Let me say this, anybody, you're going to act ignorant. That's why you shouldn't do it. But they were getting sideways and getting louder and louder and using words. Now, instead of me saying, you know what, that, that boy right there needs Jesus. I, you know what I was thinking? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not proud of this. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm being transparent. Remember I said we was going to be honest today. I was thinking, I ought to go bust him right in the mouth. He was saying words you don't use around ladies or gentlemen. And I was focused on his nature and not on his need. I mean, I, mean, I, I know y'all, 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 y'all are more spiritual than that. How about this one? How about this one? You see somebody's panhandling. Or begging. Or, or they need to get a job. I need help. And you ride by. Me too. That's why I'm going to work. come on and whether we we know whether it's legitimate or not I mean let's face it we've all watched 60 minutes we know half of them are charlatans or three quarters of them they make more money than we do but even that when we see some I've gone and seen issues and Travis has showed me things and but do we see their nature and the way they behave and the way they act and that's how we respond or do we see their need? Jesus was seeing heathen people, sinners. But he looked past their nature and he saw their need. He said, man, they need a shepherd. Now what are we seeing? Because that will, what you see now watch this. Stay with me now. Stay with me. I know the last few weeks have been real convicting. And some of y'all have been threatening to quit. And it'll get better sooner or later. <laughs> Just as soon as we start acting right, God will ease up on us. Amen? Right. Now watch. How you see people will drastically determine how you treat people. And if you see, if you look past their nature and you see their need, if you are a true follower of Christ, you will start developing a desire to meet the need. Does that make sense? Do you see them? Are you so busy with work? Are you so busy with your schedule? Are you so busy with your hobbies? Are you so busy with everything that you can't see the need? I, I was, Kenzie had a, some kind of ball thing for basketball uh, yesterday, and it was like from 9 to 6 in the evening. Yeah, that's what I said. And, and I went to the store, as a Winn-Dixie right down the road, I went to the store, I was going to get some bubble gum. And uh, I walked through, and, and I just 
just the thing I say all the time. And I threw a little pack of gum up there and, and the lady said, how are you doing? I said, ma'am, I'm doing, I'm doing better than I deserve. She said, hmm. And immediately God said, here's your time. And right then, I, I mean, I was normally I just paid for it and, you know, because I was in a hurry. So I was afraid it was going to start her game before I got back. Amen. And I said, ma'am, let me tell you why. I said, boy, God's been good to me. She said, is that right? I said, ma'am, you know Jesus loves you. And, but how many times are we so busy? We're so caught up with our own life. And, I, I'm, I, man, God had to, hey, here's your chance. Here's your opportunity. Do you realize, some of us saying, well, I tell you, I just don't know who to share my story with. Listen, just, just open your eyes. You don't have to go looking for them. God will bring them to you. I was, I, was, I was speaking to Life Recovery Friday night. Friday night, I had Life Recovery in there. We had, I don't know, 40 or 50 people in there. And I gave the lesson that, that God led me to lead. And I went to give the invitation. And I thought, they can't go nowhere. I said, give me just a minute. I want to tell you my story. God just gave me an opportunity. Wasn't planning on it, but God said, here's your chance. So for just about five or ten minutes, I said, let me, let me tell you my story. Let me tell you how I came to Christ. Here's the point. What are you seeing? What are you seeing when you walk out of these doors? You're missionaries. You're missionaries to Coleman. Are y'all with me? Now, we're trusting Brother Nelms to go to Zimbabwe and Nigeria and Nepal and India. We, we can't go, so we're trusting him. We're sending him. We're supporting him. You know what he's trusting us to do? Reach Coleman. Amen. That brings us to number two. Watch what it says. Watch what it says. First, number one, do you? See. Come on. Number one, do you? See. Number two, do you know? Do you know? Look at verse 37. Then saith he, he's fixing to give them some truth. He's fixing to give them some serious information. Do you know what? Number one, or A, the great need. The harvest truly is what? What does plenteous mean? A lot. A lot. Say it with me. A lot. A lot. A ton, a bunch. Are y'all with me? It's plenteous. It's plenteous. You know what? Is I want to go back to the I want to go back to the woman at the well. The woman at the well is with Jesus. Y'all know the story. And Jesus changed her life. She goes into the city and she passes the the disciples. She passes the disciples. Y'all with me? All right. Let me for y'all that not familiar with the story. Jesus and disciples come to the well. Jesus, weary with his journey, said, I'm going to rest here at the well. He had more plans for that. They didn't know about it. Amen. He's going to meet this woman and, and, and save her soul. And, and so they go on into the village and leave Jesus there, and they go and buy something to eat. All right? While they're there, here's this woman with Jesus. He shares his story. He, he saves her soul. She goes back to the village, and while she's going back to the village, the disciples pass her. Who are the disciples? It was the preachers in Bible college. It was, it was the church. 
that was being developed to turn the world upside down. It was the men, the original disciples that Jesus was training to be fishers of men. And so she goes into the village and she goes and tells everybody, hey, 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 come tell, come see a man who done told me everything he ever did. It's not this to Christ. She's telling him, I found him. I found him. The disciples get back to her and get back to him and they see her leaving and, and they like, what? They couldn't believe that he was even talking to her. She was a Samaritan. They were still had prejudice issues. All right, they get her get here and, and, and said, all right, we brought you a sandwich. Jesus said, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Yeah, come on. Yeah. And they like, who brought him a biscuit? Yeah. What happened? What? Jesus wasn't talking about physical food. He was talking about spiritual. He was talking about winning people to himself. Right. It was about people getting saved. Yeah. That was what sustained him. That is what satisfied him. Are y'all with me? And then, watch this. This is so good. She gets through telling everybody and she's bringing the crowd to Jesus. How many of you have heard this and read this part of that particular chapter? Lift up your eyes. You know what he's saying? Look, I sent you, I sent you to reap where somebody else planted I sent you, he'd been training them. He'd been discipling them. He'd been telling them, you're going to be fishers of men. They come back with a sandwich. Yeah. Now let's, let's dissect that a minute. They only saw their physical need. Like most of the church today. We're so focused on our needs that we don't see a white harvest all around us. But you know what that woman saw? A harvest. They're bringing them. And that's why Jesus says, look, look up, guys. The fields are wide in the harvest. I don't believe he was pointing at a cornfield or a wheat field or a rye field. I believe he was pointing at that big crowd coming out of the village to see Jesus. Amen. And guys, I got to tell you something. We need to understand this. There is a great need in Coleman County. I'm not preaching about Nepal. I'm not preaching about India. I'm not preaching about Germany, although there's, there's needs there, but ain't none of y'all going there. You're going to work tomorrow. In your mission field, there is a great need. Are y'all with me? A great need. 88, actually 83,000 as of 17. 2017, there's, there's 83,000. 83,000. Say it with me. In Coltman County. As of 17. Now we're in 19, so there's probably more than that now. But let's just say 83,000. The second thing I want you to write down, not only is there a great need, there's a great lack. There's a great lack. The harvest is plenteous. But the labors are... Come on. The labors are... The labors are... Few. I did a little, did a little arithmetic. Didn't even have to take my shoes off either. <laughs> Here in Coleman County, now there was a survey done. There was a survey done. A friend of ours, Lance, 
he did a survey called Every Church in Coleman County. And he asked two things, two things. What is your regular attendance? Your, not how many you got on the roll, but how many show up every Sunday. What is your average attendance? Not high day, low day, just your average. What is your average attendance? And the second thing is, what is your seating capacity? In other words, how many you can seat compared to how many you're running? Does anybody want to throw out a guess of how much, what percentage, what percentage of seating capacity are we putting in the pews in Coleman County today? Anybody want to throw out a number? All right, you got to do louder. You got 50%? I thought I heard 10, 11. Man, y'all some negative Nellies. Watch this. 25%. A quarter of the capacity. That's what we're averaging in Coleman County. Now think about that. Think about that. I did some more arithmetic. If, now with 83,000 people, it would require, it would require 59 temples. 59 temple Baptist churches to meet the need. I'm talking about for this size building to be full every week to reach our county, we would need 59 more temples. Let that sink in a minute. So actually, actually, it would be it would be 57 and a half. Because we, we, we have that amount in here when you count all the kids in here for about one and a half times. Do you see? I know, I know, I know what we say. Boy, there's a ton of churches in Coleman. Yeah, but they ain't reaching nobody. If we're only using 25% capacity of our church uh, uh, seating and there's 83,000 people and we need 59 churches the size of temple that's full every week to meet the need, we're behind schedule, guys. You see, our greatest burden needs to be Coleman. The light that shines, and I'm trust me, don't get me wrong. I want to keep raising money for Nigeria. I want to keep raising money for Nepal. We're to save, we're to reach the whole world. But I'm telling you, the light that shines the farthest needs to shine the brightest at home. I don't want you to give an offering and ease your conscience for sharing the gospel here. I don't want you to come to church and think that's all there is to it. No, sir, a disciple is one who makes disciples, who shares their story so someone else can get saved. We got to get back to this. And I'm afraid that that preacher was right. We have substituted a church invite for sharing the gospel because it's easier just to try to get our people to do something. And the sad part is that there's a ton of y'all in here that's not even done that. If we're a disciple, we have to share our story. And all God's people say it. Number three. Number three. What's number one? Do you see? Do you see? 
Do you see the crowd with compassion? Do you see the people in their needs? Or do you just see them as another problem? Do you look at them with compassion or do you look at them with disgust? When you see someone who has an addiction problem or you see someone with a great sin in their life, do you see their sin or do you see the sinner? Do you see? Number two, do you know? Do you know that there is a great need? Do you know that there's a great lack? Number three, do you pray? Do you pray? Look what Jesus said. When he informed them of the great need and the great lack, he says, you need to pray. You need to pray. Pray ye therefore. Therefore means for what I just told you. Because there is a great need, because there is a great lack. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will. Come on everybody. That he will. That he will. Send forth labors into his harvest. I want to ask you two things. Do you pray, A, with a burden for the harvest? Do you pray with a burden for the harvest? Do you see him as Paul sees him, as his own countryman? He said, I could wish myself a curse from Christ for my brethren's sake. He said, with all that is in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God and the salvation. He says, man, my heart's desire and prayer for Israel is that they might be saved. Do we have a bigger burden for our kids in sports than we do sinners going to hell? Do we have a bigger burden over our own issues and our own problems? Now, don't get me wrong. I got them too. Dear God knows I got problems and I got issues that make me worry and and, and keep me up at night. But I'm telling you, if we will start focusing on God's will, he will take care of our problems. Now, if the laborers are few, now let's think about this a minute. Let's just be logical about this. Come now, let us reason together. Right? Let's be logical about this. If there is only a few laborers out there, if there is only a few laborers out there that is seriously committed to fulfilling the will of God and getting the gospel to every creature, and there's only a few of them, how much more do you think God's going to take care of them because they're doing what he's wanting? Does this not make sense? He's going to make sure they're taken care of. He's going to make sure their needs are met. Why? They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Church, say amen. Look what it says. Do you pray with a burden for the harvest? All right, now. All right, everybody. Put your hands out to your side like this. Come on, gunfighter mode. Here we go. All right, look, everybody. Come on, come on. Loosen up. Some of y'all mad already. You'll get over it. Come on. All right, grab your seatbelt. And click it. Because I see turbulence ahead. This one's going to be a little rough. All right? It's not really rough, but you're going to think it is. Do you pray with a burden for the harvest? B, y'all ready? Y'all ready? Do you pray... With a willingness to go. Do you pray. With a willingness to go. 
Let's read Isaiah 6. It's right there in your notes. Also, also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Read the next part with me. Then, go ahead. Say it again. Say it again. We're going to have to get a burden first. But when we get a burden, we've got to have a willingness to go. Are we praying that? Now, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Y'all didn't know I was prophetic. Tammy chooses to call it psychotic. But anyway, anyway, however you spell it. How many of y'all, be honest right now, when you heard that number that we need 59 churches the size of Temple that's full every week to meet the need of Coleman County, you had this thought, somebody needs to do something. Come on, let's be honest. We need some churches in here. Man, this is my hometown. This is Coleman. We're supposed to be reaching Coleman. We got... Most of the time our prayers is, God, send somebody else. But you know what Isaiah said? Here am I. There's a difference between here I am and here am I. Here I am, says I'm in this location. That's what most of y'all are doing. You're saying, here I am, saying, Lord, you know where I am if you want to find me. Well, trans, transfer that word to here am I. That means I'm available. What do you need me to do? What do you need me to do? Do you realize that God can use you in an incredible way? Yeah. Amen. An incredible way. But you got to be willing. Right. I know it's scary. Guys, I, I told y'all last week when I shared my story with the one God told me to share it with the other week, I, I, was, I was scared. I had fear. But I knew I had a responsibility. And once I started, God took care of it. The heart, let me tell you the hardest part about the whole deal is me to finally get the gumption and the courage to say, have I ever told you my story? And he said, if you did, I don't remember. And I'm like, all right. It was easy then. I was talking to Brother Chris O'Neill and we were talking about this very thing. He said, man, I wish I, wish I had been better at this throughout the whole time of his ministry. And I said, son, the only way you're going to do it is just do it. If you're waiting till you can do it, you won't never do it. Guys, we got a a need. Brother Sam, this one location, this one building, this one church will never reach Coleman. 
Not when it's going to require 58 others. But guess what? As we go. As we go. In the workplace. In the schoolhouse. In, y'all with me? At the wash house. At the laundry room. Preacher, what are you saying? God's working up something we're going we're gonna to announce in a couple weeks. Instead of us working so... Now, we're going to keep doing this part. But instead of us just trying to get them in here, we're going to take the church to them. Now, I'm not going to go into detail, but next, I think, next, when's the 30th? Is that next Sunday? Okay, that's, I'm right on that, right, Jalen? Next Sunday night, next Sunday night, we're going to have a special vision, vision meeting for whoever wants to. It's not, it's not, it's just, if you're interested in what we're fixing to do, I'm going to ask you to come and I'm going to share my vision with you. And here's the deal. We've got to do more than what we're doing now if we expect to accomplish the will of God in Coleman County. It's going to require more. There's no way we're going to be able to reach Coleman doing what we're doing right now. So how many of y'all will pray with me that we'll make this happen? Say these questions with me and and just think about these this week. Number one, do you? Number two, do you? Do you know? Do you know the great need? Do you know the great lack? Number three, do you? Will you pray for a burden for the harvest? Will you pray with a willingness to go? Say, preacher, I don't have any talent. I don't have any skills. God's not asking for any of that stuff. God's not asking for any of that stuff. You know what you got to have? The only thing you got to have is a willingness to go. God's not looking for ability. He's looking for availability because it's not your ability that's going to be doing it anyway. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. Here's the invitation. I want, I want, uh, I want every head bowed and every eye closed just a minute. AD, I want you to come up here and sit right here on this side of the, right here. John, I want you to come up too. I want you to sit on this side. As every head's bowed and every eye closed, I want to do this for the invitation. We've got one of our men who's fixing to go into serious heart surgery. AD's going to have serious heart surgery tomorrow. Brother John has got tried to get some attention and gone and had a heart attack. <laughs> two heart attacks. And he's got two stents too, right? Three? It was a three? And, and so we're praying for the surgery coming, and we're praying for healing after. Amen. And how many of y'all know we've got a God who can do both? Amen. Yes. So I want to do this. As every head's bowed and every eye closed, how many men will come up and just join me around these, these men here? And we're going to pray for our, 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 our church people, our church family. And if you, if you have a need, if you have a need, since we're doing this this way, if you've got a special need, you, you come too. We'll pray for you. You just come and let me know what it is and we'll pray for you. I'll gather some men around you. Anybody else? 